0: The following sermon is from Evangel Temple Youth Ministries. For more information about how you can get involved, please visit etchurch.org forward youth. Well, hey, I want to jump into the sermon. And... We're starting this new sermon series called Nominal Christianity. If you've ever heard that term, maybe you haven't, but we're really going right in line with uh, Sunday School. And what we're talking about in Sunday School is this, uh, well, it's a book by Kyle Eidelman called Not a Fan. And so really what the premise behind both Sunday School and Wednesday night is, is we want authentic Christianity. That's really what we're pushing for, is just authentic, being real, and uh, just following uh, what the, Scriptures call us to do and to how to live um, in our Christian life. I think there's a lot of different ways to uh, to witness to different type of people. Right, uh, different people need to hear different things about the gospel. Right, and what I mean by that, let me kind of um, work through that with you. Is whenever you go to the Muslim world overseas, or you know, just the, where it's really densely populated, just um, the Muslim community you're uh, really working with just kind of explaining the gospel and who Jesus Christ is and really addressing a lot of things, their misunderstandings of Christ. He's not a prophet. He's the Son of God. And, and you're really working through that. I went to, um, this morning, I went to our inner city campus, Embassy of Hope. And really, they, the way that even... Our neighbors just down the road, the way that they interact with individuals and the way that they present the gospel, um, they have to do it in such a way that is tailored to the community that they're reaching out to. I mean, these people are needing um, food and water as well. They really need physical needs uh, just tended to. Uh, but then you have churches like ET, and it's not something to be ashamed of, but it's just different needs, right? Well, Different um, ways to interact with the community. And when it comes to, I think, churches like Uh, us youth groups like us or other churches um, in America is I think we have to address this idea of nominal Christianity we're not struggling to understand um, what it you know needing water needing food necessarily right we're not we're not struggling with those kind of things what maybe we might be struggling with is really understanding Christianity and living it out to its fullest and what it really is I think that's a struggle that we have um not that the calling to the Muslim world is any greater or any less, um, but it's a whole different missions field, preaching. I think we need missionaries in Springfield, Missouri, right, pastors, um, because we have just as many lost people in Springfield as we do elsewhere, and they might just be hiding in the churches because we, they just don't understand the gospel, yet they go to church every single day. And so I want to address this idea of nominal Christianity, the being a Christian only by name, not what's in your heart, but just you—you you identify with Christians, and but you aren't really living out what it means to be a Christian, right? So I want to address that. Um, and we're going to be going through the book of Second John. I don't want every—I don't want every week to be like a faith scare, like, oh no, I'm not a Christian. Oh, what am I going to do? And like really going up and just asking Jesus back into your heart every single Wednesday night. That's not what I'm wanting. Uh, I really am not looking for this to be a faith scare. Uh, Are you really a Christian? Um, Really what I want it to be, rather, is maybe just exposing or shining a flashlight on some areas in our life where maybe uh, the name Christianity for us, our title, and the way that we live might not be lining up, and it's something that we need to address, right? There's this inconsistency that we need to address. And so... uh, What does it mean to live up to or to live according to the name that we have as calling ourselves a Christian? Um, we have the name Christian. Let's not make sure that that's the only thing that makes us Christian, right? And so that's what I want to talk about. As we go through the book of Second John, I really like the idea of going through a book. And everything that it says, you can't skip anything. You can't just, uh, I want to preach out of this book here, and the next week I'll preach out of this book. And, and that's a good way to really skip or hide from texts you don't want to talk about. Um, going through a book, just straight through. You can't hide, through anything, uh, hide from anything. And so we're going through the book of Second John, all 13 verses of it. We will make it. But I just really want to set a principle. If we're gonna we're gonna be looking at books, and um, our first one is Second John, all thirteen verses. So um, anyway, this first week, obviously I have to do some intro on it. It is by John himself, and um, John wrote the Gospel, right, uh, of John writing about the story and the life of Jesus. And then you also have the three um, epistles or letters uh, from John, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. And 2nd and 3rd John uh, are the shortest books in the New Testament. Uh, 3rd John, I think, has 2nd John beat by a couple words, but they're neck and neck. So John writes, and really it's to a community, I'll I'll get into that in just a second, but he's writing this letter to Christians and how they interact with the world and how to be Christians themselves. So let's just look at the text itself. Uh, We're going to read the entire book. So after we're done with this uh, night, you can go home and say, yeah, Pastor Isaac had to read through an entire book in the New Testament, so we just sat there and listened. So anyway, um, it'll sound pretty good, but you don't have to tell him which book. So it starts with the elder. To the chosen lady and her children, whom I love in truth, and not only I, but also all who know the truth, for the sake of the truth, which abides in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. Can you see this trend of truth, love, truth, love? I was very glad to find some of your children walking in truth just as we have received commandment to do from the Father. Now I ask you, lady, not as though I were writing to you a new commandment, but the one which we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, that you should walk in it. For many deceivers have gone out into the world those Who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is the deceiver and the antichrist. Watch yourselves that you do not lose what we've accomplished, but that you may receive a full reward. Anyone who goes too far and does not abide in the teachings of Christ does not have God. The one who abides in the teaching, he has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, don't receive him into your house. Do not give him a greeting. We'll talk about that. That's not very hospitable. For the one who gives him a greeting anticip- participates in his evil deeds. Though I have many things to write to you, I do not want to do so in paper and ink, but I hope to come to you and speak face to face so that your joy may be made full. The children of your chosen sister send their greetings to you. And so uh, that's, the, that's the only week other than the last week that we're going to read the entire book And, um, all following weeks, we'll just read up to where we're at now. And so anyway, uh, this first week, I really just want to jump right back at the text. I want to start the very beginning right up there, just the first two verses and just stop and just see what does that even have to say about being a Christian, living out your Christian life, being a real Christian, not only by name, but by practice, how you're living out day in, day out. What does it mean to be a Christian? I think even the first two verses, uh, just saying from me to you, uh, it really speaks a lot to our day-in and day-out lives as Christians, to where we're not just nominal Christians, but we're real, living, embracing Christianity. And so he writes, let's look at it a little bigger, the elder, uh, which is him, he's saying from the elder, in our writings now we say right at the very beginning, a dear so-and-so, right, comma, you, enter and write you. But back then, you were writing, you put your name at the very beginning. So he said he calls himself the elder. Uh, so that just means he has this relationship with them. He's considered to be, um, uh, I don't want to say they're subordinate to, but yeah, I mean, they, they really look up to him in a way, and they really respect him, and he is just a father figure type for them. And so he says the elder to the chosen lady and her Children. Whenever I was looking at this text a while ago, whenever I was really just digging into what is it saying, reading commentaries, well, not quite reading commentaries yet, um, I, was, I was under the impression that he was talking about a real, like, this woman, this chosen woman and, and her children, and then I started looking into uh, commentaries, what other scholars have, have said, and I really am under the impression, I really believe that he's talking to this community here, and he's using, I don't want to mess this word up, colloquial, collo- colloquial. Colloquial, whatever it means. Uh, or it, I know what it means. I don't know how to say it. Um. Hidden language, like, so, he, so he knows that his letter, when he gets it sent, that it might be intercepted by someone that uh, doesn't necessarily like Christianity. Um, and so he changes it just a little bit. You can see that the way John writes also in Revelation, that he uses this kind of language, this metaphoric language where they don't know that he's talking um, about Christianity or this or that so he could get to the people that he's wanting to talk to to where it's not intercepted and um, whatever, done away with. And so I really believe that's what's happening here. I think he's talking to um, house churches in the city of Ephesus, and um, these, these individuals just get together, and they're sitting in their houses, and they're talking, and they are many, they're churches, they, they really are churches, and her children, that would be the members of the church, and so he's writing to these individuals in Ephesus, and he says, uh, so to the chosen lady, so to the church, and her children, or the, the members of the church, Side note, whom I love in truth. I just want to mention that. I want to let you know I love you, whom I love. I, I love you guys. And not only I, I have to go even farther, but also all who know the truth. And so this truth there that he keeps saying, you see it three times, I think, um, whom I love in truth. And not only I, but also all who know the truth for the sake of the truth. Um, this is in reference to Christ. This is not just like I, I love you in facts. Um, and not only I, but also all those who also know facts. Um, that's just not, that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about, um, you look at John 14, 6, uh, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So, so you guys know, Jesus says that he is the truth. He is everything that comes, uh, that is true, comes from Christ. Everyone that Everything that is real, everything that is good, comes from Christ. And so he is truth. And so he says, Whom I love in truth, and not only I, but also all all those who know the truth. And for the sake of the truth which abides in us. So I love you, and all those who know the truth love you. Why? Because the truth lives in us, because it abides in us, and will be with us forever. Because the truth, Christ Jesus himself, lives within me. I now love his church. I love you And all those who know Jesus Christ also will love you. I will just say that for them. They're not here. They're not writing this letter for me. But I just want to let you know that they love you too. Because, and this is really all that I want to say tonight. This is my main point. This is the really greatest thing that I want to say from this entire sermon, from the first two verses, is that if you love Jesus Christ and you love his church, if you love Christ, you love his church. John says, I love you in truth, uh, talking to the church. And he says, but not only I, but also anyone who knows the truth, anyone that knows Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they love you too. Why? Because Jesus Christ lives in us. So if you, know, if you love Christ, you also love his church. So what, what is this? Relationship necessarily? What is this relationship between Christ and His Church? Why do they have to be so linked? Why can't you have one and not the other? Why can't you love Christ and not be uh, in love with the Church? Why do you have to love the Church? Uh, doesn't it get doesn't have problems? Doesn't it have issues? Right? Do I have to love that? If I love, can't, I just have a relationship with Jesus and just love Jesus. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think uh, I think you have to love the Church if you really are in love with Jesus Christ. And if you just look at the text, if you just look at, at the scriptures, it starts talking about, in metaphoric terms, right, that Jesus is the head, and who's the body? It's the body of Christ, it's the church. And so even in that, you can't separate the head from the body. Metaphorically, Jesus is inseparable from the church. Whenever he comes and he's talking to his disciples, he goes, I will build my church. The church is the single institution that Jesus Christ ever created and he ever will create. It's the church. It's the body of believers that profess his name, that love him, and he loves them. The church is not it's, he loves the church not, it's not, uh, I want to distinguish here really quick. Church, uh, the church is different than those who go to church, okay? Just because you go to church doesn't mean that you are the church. That's a big distinction. I really want to talk about that because the church isn't just the gathering. Um, so, anyway, side note Jesus Christ is inseparable with the church, it is his body, he is the head. It's inseparable. And so, with that being known, I want to talk about how anyone who loves Christ also loves his church. And so if your heart is burning for Jesus Christ, does it also burn for the church? If you are just madly in love with Jesus Christ, are you madly in love with the church? If you are doing everything you can to serve Jesus Christ, are you doing everything you can to serve his church? Right, that's really what I want to talk about. If you are invested fully in Jesus Christ, it comes naturally. You better be invested fully in his church. Because they are inseparable and you can't have one without the other. And that's really, I mean, that's my sermon. I want to talk about that. Are you fully in love with this church? You have to love the church if you love Jesus Christ. But I think whenever we say that, everyone's probably like, well, you're, probably, you're preaching the choir if you realize, I mean, you're talking to everyone that's sitting in church. So you uh, don't necessarily need to tell us, let's go tell those heathens out there. And, um, but I really want to talk about two things That's my sermon, really, but I just want to dig a little deeper into two things, really, uh, distinctions that I think are really important for us sitting here, right? Um, People that have grown up in church regularly or even just came through and now you're just sitting in church and you've been in for a year or whatever. Um, I want to talk about a little bit deeper into this with you, if you guys are cool with that. Um, The first point that I really want to make, this, this is not just for people who don't go to church. People that don't go to church aren't the only ones that need to hear this that need to really hear, you need to love the church, you need to be a part of the church, because I think a lot of the times we say, um, we harp on, and we have in Sunday school, we've talked about it in Sunday school, just how, you know, you can't be somebody that just listens to podcasts, and, and call that church, right, you can't just, you can't just watch television, and call that church, and and get your uh, experience of church, right, on the TV screen, and lay in bed, and we're all like, yeah, I completely agree, you gotta show up to church, and um, but I don't think this is the only thing, uh, this is the only group of people that need to hear this because I think you can show up every single day for your entire life to church and never be in the church and never love the church. And so we need to hear, if you love Jesus Christ, if you tell yourself that you love Jesus Christ, then you need to know that you also need to be in love with the church. You need to be invested in the church. You need to be pouring into the church. You need to be serving the church. You need to love fellow believers. It's not just for non-believers. So now that I, I want to let everyone know that this is also for you, this is also for me, this is for us, the second thing that I really want to talk about is it's not just a suggestion. It's not just a suggestion to love the church. My dad is really kind of a, this made me think of him whenever I made this point, this is not just a suggestion. He is kind of funny. Whenever I'm home with him or whatever, he, he takes uh, Things that should be written in law, written um, as clear-cut, don't do this, as just suggestions. I mean, literally, whenever he's, he's trying to speed somewhere and get somewhere, he will assume a, su- a stop sign as a suggestion. And, you know, I mean, that's just kind of him. He, he takes everything as suggestions. Everyone's like, whoa. Um, I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm just saying that's what he does. He takes everything as a suggestion. Whenever Sarah and I, the week we got married, we, uh, went, he, he and uh, my mom took us to a hockey game, and we went to... I don't remember which hockey game it was, but we went to a hockey game in Kansas City, and it was literally, it was crazy packed, okay? It was just insane. We couldn't find our parking, and so it would have been like a half a mile away that we had to park somewhere and just make the trek, and it was freezing cold January, and so what's he do? I mean, literally, there's this crazy line of just cars that you can't, you just can see stop uh, or uh, taillights for a long ways. He just Pulls out, goes right past them all, just flies down. I mean, you just hate that person on the shoulder, right, of the road. Um, So anyway, he goes past everyone, and I'm like, Dad, what are you doing? Like, you can't, you're not going to get away with this. Like, they're going to tell you to back up the whole way. What are you doing? And so he goes down, and he gets up to the very front, literally right up next to the arena. And he (laughs) says, and I went along with it. I probably shouldn't have, but he says, hey, Isaac, I need you to jump out and move that cone. And I was like, well, Dad, that's VIP parking. He goes, "Yeah, yeah, 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 I know. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, we can't just do that. He goes, yeah, no, 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 that's a, that cone is a suggestion. Uh, You don't, it's not actually like a rule. Like you don't actually have to do it. And I was like, no, uh, it's kind of a rule. (laughs) And so, um, but I did it. I got out and Sarah's like, Isaac, are you serious? And I'm like, sweetheart, it's okay. And so I just get out. I move the cone. I'm like, go forward, sir. And, you know, he just goes forward. I move the cone, jump back in. And uh, we parked right up next to the arena. And um, it was awesome. But I think, honestly, okay, so Jackson's like, yes, that is a man. (laughs) That's bad. Sometimes it works. Sometimes uh, if someone would have caught us, we would have gotten in trouble. Don't do it. I'm not condoning it. I'm just saying. But I think, honestly, we take this rule as a suggestion rather than uh, like a a legitimate rule to be engaged in the church. First, how how do you get engaged with the church? Right? I think that that's one I think that's one thing we really have to address is how do you get engaged with the church? How do you love the church? What does that practically look like to love the church? And I think, one, you need to serve the church. You need to, uh, I mean, you just think about it in in terms of a relationship, right? Think about it in terms of a relationship. If you love somebody, how could you say, I love you, but never want to do things for them, right? How could you love somebody and never want to uh, hang around them? It's, It's more than just physical presence, right? And that goes back to this whole point that it's not just for people who don't go to church. Like, it's for us. If you go to church, like, you can't say that I love the church, and your only relationship with those in the church are just physical presence showing up every week. Like, hey, I'm here. You know, I'm part of the church. Like, no, that would never fly in any relationship. If you love that person, you, you engage with them, and it's more than just a physical presence. You're, you're there, and you're, you're engaging. You're talking, and you're uh, really talking about... Not just surface level things, but real things. You do things for them. You serve them. You're you're selfless for them. You go out of your way to love them. I mean, are we doing that for our fellow believers? Are we there for the church, for the local church? And maybe, probably the hardest one, you're vulnerable and you, you talk about your struggles to those who you love. I really hope you have those individuals in your life that you love and you're not fake to, right? I mean, because we never, like, I would never just not be myself in front of Sarah. I love her, and so I'm going to let her know everything that's happening in my life, because that's just love. That's love acted out. Um, that's what love looks like, but I think that's probably the hardest one, is being able to say, look, I struggle with porn, and I, I need to talk to you about that. I, I'm really struggling with this uh, thought in my mind, and it's constantly coming back, or I'm struggling, uh, you know, with just this, this anger that's just wrestling inside of me, and I can't get rid of this anger inside of me, and I, I really just, I'm not happy ever. Like, are we willing to be vulnerable with those that are in the church that are willing to give us wise counsel, that are willing to love us, that are willing to be there for us? Are you willing to do that, or are we just saying, no, I just want to have my own self, um, you know, my own personal relationship with Jesus? I really want to just sit back and you know I'll go to church but like really my relationship with Jesus kind of is just me and me and him. Uh, and you guys, you know, hang out with you, but really surface level with you guys. I don't want to talk to you about, about that thought in my mind or that addiction I'm struggling with. You know, I don't want to talk about the, uh, the anger, the anxiety that I'm really wrestling with, the uh, self-hatred whenever I go home and the way that I see myself. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about that. Like, I really believe that we can, we can point fingers all the time at those people outside uh, that don't go to church regularly and say, you guys need community. And really, there's no difference between us and them. Because though we hang out all the time, we don't have community. What's the difference between us? And I think really the only thing that would be the difference between us is at least they're not lying to themselves and telling themselves that they have the community. Right? I think really this is something that, and I jump back to this first point, I know, but this is not just for people who don't go to the church. We need to, even if you go to church faithfully, you really need to assess yourself, do I love the church? And how does that look? Are you being vulnerable with people in the church? Are you serving people? Are you volunteering and, being, and giving your time to just serve and love those people because Christ loved them? Christ died for those who profess his name. And so do you also love them? We really need to ask that question, but it's not just suggestion, talking about you know my dad and everything. Um, he, he, we assume that something that is really written in stone, something that is law, something that is a rule, it's just a suggestion. Like, honestly, we take this whole, like, be vulnerable. Uh, talk, about, talk about the sin that you're struggling with. Talk about that addiction. Like, we honestly, and just think back, okay? Rewind with me of all the sermons you've probably ever heard, all the advice you've ever heard. Have you ever heard, like, man, it would make your life so much better if you just told somebody the sin that you're struggling with. Like, just, just open up that one person. Oh, how it would just make your life with Jesus Christ so much better. And it would. It would just make your relationship with him so. much. I mean, you wouldn't be struggling with it anymore if you just took that step of faith and you just, and you just told somebody. Right? It would just be. It would be ideal for you. It is really in your benefit to your benefit if you would just go and tell somebody the sin that you're struggling with. If you would just be vulnerable and just take that chance, right? And we all that that I just said. We really just kind of frame that in a way as if it's an option. But then you look at scripture, and it's not. It's a command. It's a requirement. It is it's a command to, by, from, from God Himself. You look at James 5, go and confess your sins to those in the church, to individuals, plural. I know we'll say, like, just find that one person. You just need that one person. You look at the scripture, it says, go talk to people about it. It doesn't have to be a public, and most of the time it probably shouldn't be. Just like, stand up, everyone, I, you know, like, you don't need to do that. Um, but talk to people. We say that it's just a suggestion that it's ideal, that it would be best for you if you did. But no, really, if you look at Scripture, if you don't, you're sinning against God. Does that wait ever, like I got people to look up like, wait, hold on, you just crossed the line. Like, do we say that enough? When we shut off the community that we're supposed to be a part of, we shut them off and we say, I'm just doing my faith by myself. Do we realize we are sinning against God daily when we do that? Do we realize that we are not following his command, that we aren't living out the will that he has for us to be engaged in community, that he isn't pleased with you uh, doing that? Every single day when you're doing that, he is cringing. He says, I want you to be engaged in community. It's a command I have for you. Do we realize that? Or do we normally just frame it like, man, it would just be good if you did. I think it would be re- really help you out, you know? I think we do that. I was talking to Pastor Malia the other day and, uh, about baptism, and I love the phrase that she said. She goes, so baptism, it's not necessary, but it is necessary. And I think that's just so true. It's really baptism. You can be saved. You can go to heaven if you don't get baptized. Clear cut, like that's just true. You cannot get baptized ever, and you are going to heaven if you love Jesus Christ, if you profess him to be your Lord and Savior and you love him so much, you are going to heaven. So it's not necessary for salvation, but man, it is necessary to be obedient to Christ because he commands you to be baptized. Community, humility to talk with one another, selfless serving of the church, no different. It's a command. It's a command, and I just don't think we talk about that that much. It's not a suggestion I think we just pick and choose the scripture uh, that we really want to define how we live, our relationship with Jesus Christ, how we live out our, uh, our Christianity. I think we say, yeah, I really like this one, but James 5 new no, you know i don't like that or ephesians 4 whenever it starts talking about we are we are unified in christ we are uh, we are one we are it's one baptism one savior right one god we we talk and, but then yet we also have so much conflict between us and southern church we're like man they aren't great they're not good i'm not even sure if they're going to heaven you know and they profess the name of jesus christ and it's like do we pick and choose what defines our love for the church do we pick and choose what texts Because the Baptist church doesn't agree with us in certain things? Like, do we pick and choose the text that we want to define how we live our life in Christianity and how we love the church and how we interact with those believers around us? I think we do a lot. I think we do a lot. It's not just for those outside. It's for us right here. Right there, right there, right there, right there, right there. We need to know that when, we, when you say that you love Jesus Christ, when you have the name, when you have the title Christian, you also now have the responsibility to love, to interact with, and to be engaged in, to be serving, to be putting your life down, to just love the church. Because Christ loves the church. That's just one of the ways where I think so many of the time, so much of the time, we call ourselves Christians, but we really, the way that we live doesn't line up with the title that we, we have And I don't think it doesn't make you like, I'm not a Christian ever. Like No, like calm down. But I think we really need to just stop and think, is there an inconsistency inconsistency in the way that we're living? Is there this just, it's not working out the way that I say that I'm this and how scripture defines that doesn't work out with the way that I'm living right now. I think we make it really light in our minds the weight of being vulnerable and engaged with those around us, sitting around us. We take it as it's an option. Uh, And it's just not. It's not. Um, So anyway, I'm really excited for this. That got really weighty. I'm really excited for this series because I think it's just going to speak and I think it's going to really shine that light, like I was saying, shine that light in so many different areas in our lives as we're just living out our love for Jesus Christ and we're not gonna always get it right. But we're gonna be living out this life of Christianity, serving God, and let's just find those little ways where, man, we need to really work on that. We really need to get that straight. We need to really fix that. And let's just look at Scripture and say, you know what, that's what it says. You guys good with that? I'm really excited for this series. Um, and I just wanted to start off strong with just saying we need to love one another and we need to do it with one another. Um, and so we're going to go into this time of just worship and um, just kind of response, listening to God, hearing from him, him speaking to us. And uh, so would you guys stand with me? Um I know the band already led us. Uh, you can kill the lights up here, but I, because right now I really just want us to spread out and really just spend time with God, please. Uh, this is when it's okay to be individual and not engaging in community. <laughs> um, really think about, I'm not quite done, so if you find your place, if you spread out, look up to me, because I'm not quite, I want to finish, I want to talk about this song really quick that we're about to start singing. Uh, I picked this song and, and the song after it, but... Particularly because I think it speaks so much to this exact topic. Part of it says, give me faith to trust in what you say. I think so much of the time we just don't have we don't have faith to really believe you know what God will be able to work in me being vulnerable I because We're not vulnerable. We're not honest with people. We're not transparent. Why? Because I'm scared that they're gonna judge me. Because I'm scared that they're not gonna like me. Because I'm scared that they're going to ostracize me. They don't wanna be a part of my life or whatever. And I think we just don't have faith that God's going to work in your humility. God's going to work in your honesty. God's going to honor and he's going to work through you just saying, I need a brother and sister to walk alongside me in this. Would you please be there with me? That is loving fellow believers. But I just don't think we have the faith that God's going to be able to work through that and he'll be able to handle that. He'll be able to work in your life regardless. It keeps saying, uh, my flesh may fail, but my God, you never will. Your spirit is strong in me. Your spirit is strong in me. I think if we just listen to our own hearts, our own flesh, Right, We would. I think it's just natural. It's our, it's our natural instinct just to, to shield off everyone else and just say, you know what? I want to do this myself. I want to be alone. I don't want to think about what anyone else has to say. I want to do my own relationship with Jesus Christ by myself, and I don't want to have community with it. I'll go to church, and I'll be physically present, but I'm not going to be engaged. I'm not going to be pouring into it. I think that's our natural instinct, right? My flesh may fail. It might lie to me. But it says, you know what? Your spirit is strong in me. Just like in the text, whenever you read in Second John Verse 2, it says, Why why is it that we love the church? Because the Spirit, because He abides in us, the truth abides in us, and He's speaking with us, and He's working inside of us. God inside of us will prompt us and will He'll push us and He'll give you conviction to say, You gotta be a part of community. You gotta love the church, you gotta be a part of the church. And I really want us to hear that stirring. Hear him speaking to us in that way and say, you know what? I've been told for seven years that I need to be honest about my addiction that I'm struggling with right now and every single time I've been like, "Mm, that's an option. I want you to hear tonight that it's not an option if you want to be obedient to Jesus Christ. Talk to other believers and trust that God will work in it and he'll work with you in it. That you need to have a change of heart if you don't want to serve and be a part of the community. May a spirit inside you that abides in you may just speak to you and prompt you. I need to love this church more. I need to be more engaged in it, be a part of people and community. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. If you're not already a part of the ET family, we invite you to join us on Wednesday nights. For more information, visit etchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you soon.